We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two Monday Night Football games. What can go wrong? Derek Carr, Tuna, <laughs> my guy, my you're guy. Not You're not serious. Part of me is a little <laughs> Jimmy G, one and one. This is for this is for friend of the show, Sheed, uh, the the icon, the the purveyor of Warriors World. Uh, I want Derek Carr to succeed purely despite him. Just gonna leave it at that right now. I, you know what? I don't think Derek Carr's a special player. Like I think he's a solid quarterback. But I got so tired of people saying Jimmy G was better or this or he sucks. I'm like the Raiders are the biggest clown show on earth. Put him in like an average team and he looks just as good as Kirk Cousins. That's that's all I'm going for right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know why it matters to me so much. I think I think I'm just sensitive to the slander. Derek Carr is definitely better than Jimmy G. I mean, even look at history. It's inarguable that one guy has a higher upside than Jimmy G. Lightyear's podcast today brought to you by NFL arguments of very, very <laughs> mid-tier quarterbacks, of which Brock Purdy is not part of that. 2000. Team. Welcome back to 2018, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good. Uh, no, Brock's, Brock's better than both. I'm in. I'm in on Brock. I'm, I'm all in on the Brock experience. Uh and man, we're getting very close to Warriors camp. Do you know the Warriors open camp two weeks from today? Two weeks, 14 days. Most people listening to this will be 13 days. I mean, you might as well get on your sneakers, put on your uh, Adonis Foil jersey. It's time. Wow. Uh, are you counting it down like the freaking beginning of the show countdown? You should just put a <laughs> marker up 14 and, and, and counting. I, it's about damn time. Let's go. It's getting close. We're we're getting there. I mean, we talked Dwight on the last episode. We'll get to a little Dwight stuff. But, like, the one piece of news here I think it's worth calling out is Ramona Shelbourne said on Zach Lowe's podcast that the Warriors are exchanging numbers with Clay Thompson about a contract extension. My understanding is that they have open contract extension talks with Clay Thompson. This is a slow process. This idea that has been eligible for a while and they haven't done anything. No, 
They've started talking. They've exchanged proposals. There's no hurry to this discussion. The optionality goes both ways. Look at that. Look at that shit eating grin on your face. The minute I saw optionality, I'm sitting here going, is her source Joe? Is it Kirk? Is it Mike? Because nobody outside of the fucking Warriors front office uses the term optionality. Meanwhile, they can't stop saying that word right now. Like that's that's my biggest takeaway from this offseason. This team loves to you've worked at a few startups. You've heard like you know how people drink the Kool-Aid and all repeat the same company line over and over again? Do, do you think do you, do you think Sam AI is coming for 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 the world? Do you think AI is this <laughs> a machine learning? Do you think machine learning is going to be the next she, big thing? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to. I'm sorry. Machine, we're gonna to, we're gonna to. machine learn how to make the next Steph Curry. <laughs> I, I feel like Joe has said that he has said, "Why are we? Why do we have to pay Clay 140 million dollars? Why can't we just? Why can't we just just build a build a clone? Why can't we just AI?" Play I mean, I mean wasn't on- wasn't that the entire two timelines <laughs> thing where it was just. Uh, now we're gonna win now. We're gonna develop these new ones. We're gonna have a new Steph Clandre. It's just that big because we're we're the best organization in the league, you know. Like, <laughs> isn't that the whole thing? And uh, you know, yeah. on the one hand, I will always uh, appreciate the fact that they're trying, but uh, but I think you and I, I don't know. It's- they're humans. They're not robots, right? Yeah, everyone has watched sports for a very long time. You can change however much you want to change, but it's pretty obvious when you get a elite generational uh, tier of uh, you know player like Steph, and then the chemistry between Steph, Clay, and and Dre. You got to keep them together, right? You're not gonna just re- replicate that. I, I it feels like this Clay contract extension thing has been around for a while. I don't, I don't know Sam sources. I mean, it's, I feel like it, the conversation has been around why there. It, why is it being thrown out now? in mid-september is i guess that's my question to you the context of it because like you in the current nba dudes don't hit free agency they sign an extension before they hit free agency it's i mean steph did it draymond did it uh james harden's currently throwing a temper tantrum because he's not getting the contract he wants but that that's the same thing. Damian Lillard cannot get to Miami because he signed an early extension. He has four years left on his contract. What what's the what's the trendy thing? It's pre-agency. I'm like, no, it's you just signed an extension. Like that sounds cool, but you know, they they all say that sort of thing. And so the reality is Clay is a Hall of Fame player who's going up on the last year of his contract. It's fair to wonder what's going on there. Even though my personal feeling on the matter is he's been with the Warriors so long. It's not a big deal. Like this isn't a guy who's been with a team for three years saying, "Oh man, he hasn't signed extensions. Get a walk," you know? Yeah, yeah. It, that's that would be the last thing from my mind. I mean, it's not even a Jordan Poole situation where again he didn't really need to sign it, right? But they 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 well, he'd been he'd been, been there three years. That's the point. Right. Like he's, right. he's he's like you'd be better lock him up where he's going to see what he can get on the market ASAP. You know, you could argue shit, maybe they should have seen what he got on the market. But again, that's hindsight's twenty twenty. I think at the time it was kind of a fair deal. Um, with this clay one though, yeah, I guess it's where that to me it's where that they bring it back now. 
What is the what does optionality even mean? Like, what is that? What does that even mean? What are the options? The options are just to re-sign him. Are there other options? Are they going to trade Clay? Are they going to not offer him what he wants? I assume Clay's not going to ask for something ridiculous, right? I assume they're going to find a fair deal I'm sure there. So. I'm sure he is asking for something ridiculous. I'm sure but... he'll get to somewhere that it makes sense, is what I try to say. At at, sure. at some point, right? He will get to somewhere it makes sense. But I'm sure he's asking for Max now. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what optionality means, dude. I mean, I, what are the they've, options? <laughs> they've they've only said it twenty seven to forty five times this summer, so it's not like they've hidden their desires. It's pretty clear. Chris Paul could be gone in twelve months. Clay Thompson could be gone in twelve months, or they could bring them all back. They could run this thing back. They could bring part of it back. They could flip those guys plus Kuminga and picks for Giannis. Maybe I don't know. You know, like it, the whole idea of optionality is they have options. Like it's obnoxious. They they think they're the first team in NBA history to be like, oh, we could resign the guy or we could go in a different direction. Like, yes, that's exactly how it works. You either resign the guy or you go in a different direction. Like it just to me, it just sounds like startup jargon where you're trying to sound smarter than you are. You know, my, my the problem, though, here with me is that I get the Chris Paul optionality stuff. I get the fact that you could do certain things with Chris Paul. If it doesn't work out, they're going to resign Clay. I c- come on. So uh, there are no I options. Mean, they're going to resign. I mean, it could go multiple ways. You could argue if Clay has another bad year and Moses Moody takes a step, you could argue maybe they flip Clay for someone else and, you know, Start the two timelines. Yeah. I don't like if you're asking me, I don't think that's what's how it's going to play out. But the idea is like they're not locked into a five year contract today. They could theoretically do that. Uh, and I think that's the way they're doing it. Let me, let me throw another angle at you. Sure. I think they love that Clay has something to prove and they're not willing to give him a contract. And I think it's actually going to probably bring, I don't want to say the best out of him, but. Players, when they have a little more motivation, you might get the the best version of Clay than what you got the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, certainly the la- last year's version of Clay was kind of tough at times, especially the the last the early version of him being out of shape and kind of ran out of gas there at the end because he was kind of maybe out of shape during the season. So I get it. It looks like he's going to be locked in and ready to go he's what now two three years away from the from the the two big injuries that he had so Mm -hmm. um also his game right we've talked about this all the time the game just makes sense the order you get he's not he's not james harden like his his defense has pretty much fallen off already so i don't think we're thinking that clay's getting back to an all nba defender but like you know how james harden kind of his whole his whole game it's all quick twitch yeah exactly and when and, and but it's also offense right so when his offense is going and you're looking at harder now, it, it's the way he has to play where he's the fulcrum of a team. It just makes it so much harder to pay the Harden that money that he wants versus Clay. It's like, well, he does not as great of a defender anymore, but he could still shoot the ball. And if you can downsize him to kind of like a three and a half, four type of player, like he's still so valuable and he's not asking for the ball. He's not asking to run a whole offense around him. It that just fits so much better versus people like Russell Westbrook is another example of of like you gotta well, play his not, way or not, you fall. Off. Ball dominant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> William Mitchell goes optionality. Just sounds like the Warriors want to have more side pieces than somebody. Relax, relax, relax. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's true. I, I think the clay th- like 
here's my guess. I don't think the Warriors have offered Clay more than they've offered Draymond or Wiggins. I think they're saying Wiggins took four one oh eight. Clay or sorry, Draymond took four one hundred. We'll pay you around that. You know, that's kind of what we're willing to pay you. And Clay is going, I want a max. And I don't think he really cares about that as much as he's using it as a starting point leverage wise. But I mean, if you're Clay Thompson, you got to look at what Chris Middleton got. Chris Middleton's kind of been rough the last year and change, just been injured, right? And he's only one year older than Clay, and he's still got 31, 32 a year. So I would think that's kind of where it's going. I don't I don't view any of this as contentious. I, I don't think he's going to sign an extension. I think he's going to gamble it, and I think he's probably going to end up winning more money in the offseason than if he signed it early. And, and that's just kind of how it breaks. Sometimes you sign a guy early, like Jordan Poole, and you're like, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. And and sometimes you sign the guy, you don't sign a guy, and, and they, they play up to a level where you have to pay them. I think the difference between kind of because there's similarities and differences, but the, I think the similarity with Draymond is that I think end of day Clay's probably going to be willing to take a maybe a little bit less to 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 come back to the Warriors, though I'm not sure why that wouldn't matter outside of tax dollar reasons, but maybe he does. But the difference is I I think you know teams are going to want Clay next year versus yeah, Draymond. Yeah, but how but how much, man? That's so maybe the, that's up to Clay, right? Maybe that's the difference between taking a couple million dollars less. Like, how much does Clay actually want to be paid? Thirty-four versus if the Warriors offer him twenty-nine-eight, right? Like, what is like is that that big of a difference to him if a team offers him like that five million dollars, six million dollar difference? Sure. I don't know. Maybe he, I mean you you multiply that by four. Now we're talking. Do you think? Million. I think the bigger thing right now is I don't know that anyone's offering Clay like 34, 35. Uh, but that changes really quick if he comes in healthy and plays like Clay Thompson. You know, that like that's a thing, right? Like it's one of those things where I don't know who's who's really trying to sign a 33 year old, th- gonna be 34 next year, Clay Thompson, who kind of looked like he was declining in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I, but then, I so so I I just think it's going to play out in kind of a slow fashion. That kind of brings us to our big warrior question of the episode. We're doing one of these every episode, as you guys know. Will Clay bounce back to All Star form? Not Define. better than not yeah. better than last year. All Star. Will Clay be an All Star this year? Uh, no, <laughs> no. No, he will not be an all-star this year because he is not an all-star anymore. That is not who he is. If if Clay was an all-star, if he was as good as that guy, the Warriors would be a true, true, true title contender, probably be the title favorite if he was that guy, right? Because he'd be an elite defender, especially one-on-one, and, and, and offensively, he'd be in incredible shape. But uh, no, he's not going to be an all-star this year. Um, but I don't, I don't know if the Warriors need him to be like an all-star. Maybe they... Can I cut this in the middle? He, they need him to be 25% better than he was last year. He, he needs okay. to be better defensively. He needs to be able to, I mean, I would say like shoot better, but that doesn't really make sense because he's always just going to be able to shoot well. It, sometimes his variance. So maybe it's just, is he just going to be Harder. a better shape player this season? I, I think those are the things that probably matter the most. Is he more bought in? Felt like him and Poole had a bunch of issues last year playing together. Never felt like they enjoyed or played together well. 
maybe they enjoyed it, but they certainly weren't great together. Um, so does that change this year? Paul's obviously gone, and they've got Chris Paul. So how does that work? And like, can, is the chemistry there right? Because the best versions of the Warriors always have a Clay Thompson that can that that's just in rhythm and, and confident and hot. And I don't know, we didn't see that much the end of last season or the beginning of last season. So I don't think he's going to be an All Star though, Sam. What do you think? I'm putting up a stat right here for those who are listening on Pod. Clay's stats in. 2014, 15, and 15, 16. So when he was an all-star, but no Kevin Durant. And his stats last year. And they're eerily similar. Last year, he averaged 21.9 points per game. Those two years, he combined for 21.9 points per game. 2.4 assists versus 2.5 assists. Actually got more rebound. I mean, it doesn't really rebound. But the point I'm getting at here is I'm not convinced the statistical output's different. I think the difference is, is he going to play smarter? Because if he plays smarter, That's a good point. And they are a two seed, he'll be an all star. That's my take. If he's averaging 22 points a game on a team who's pacing for 60 wins, he'll make an all star team. Whether he deserves it or not is a debatable topic, but I, I would keep pointing out, man, the guy is able to be the number two option on a highly winning team. Maybe you guys need to redefine what matters in the game of basketball sometimes. And so I think it's possible. I really do think it's possible, but a lot of it depends on external characteristics here uh, because he's not going to get, he's not going to make an all-star team because he's because he's de- de- great defensively or whatever. Yeah. People don't give a or shit. Just, or just like an Instagram, like the Instagram, like, Oh, look at these highlights. Like he's right. not a highlight player. He just, sure. he just gets hot. And right. if they're winning, people are like, damn, that dude's hard to guard. You know, you guess it that way. Like I, I even remember it when the Warriors were at the peak of their dynasty. People are like, "Well, you know, yeah, yeah they win a lot of games, but like, would you rather have Clay or would you rather have, uh, you know, insert player who dribbles the shit out of the ball?" C- right? CJ McCollum could be one of those guys. I mean, that's direct, sure. direct guy. Yeah, sure. And, and the the point was like, well, he's not as diverse as those guys, and it's like, well, you know, if you win, it doesn't really matter. So I, I don't know. I'm going to go with, I'm going to be optimist, optimist, Sam, although I'll always be called the world's biggest pessimist. I think Clay has a bounce back year. I think he's the type of person who responds to last season that way. Now, whether they should pay him for that, it's a different conversation, but I I feel good about it. Um, You know, you also can argue all-star in your definition is actual all-star, whether he gets voted in as an all-star or not. All-star to me was... Clay being an all-star back in 2014, 15, 16, right? Like, like those days, that level of Clay Thompson is what I think of. I don't, I don't think of today's sure. version of NBA all-star, which damn near seems attainable to half the league at this point, because you know, it's like, the, it's like major league baseball, right? You know, people are going to be out, you get a new guy or whatever. Uh, so I, I'm with you. I, I guess I'm more interested in him kind of finding who he was years and years before. Cause this should be, I mean, this should be the best version of, of Clay Thompson. Uh, in Post the last injury. five years, yeah, this should be the best version of him. And I know that 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 year after he just came back and they won the championship and he hit a couple big shots, that was that was great. I thought I thought he was amazing, which is why you and I were so hyped up him coming in next season. He's gonna be even better. But then he uh, kind of had a slump. It looked like he had some mental issues with coming back. Yeah, um, he kind of had a he kind of took a step back. Yeah, which I guess we didn't see coming, but these things aren't linear, so you know that's fair. So maybe this is the year that it's more linear. You, you, you know, you're saying he's going to be 33, 34, but you know how NBA players, NBA players now play forever. 
and he's a guy that works so hard. I, I can imagine him. Like he's not he's not screwing around in the off season this this off season either, right? Like he's not he's not in Cabo messing around. He's been he's been working out, man. Like he's not he's not James Harden. He's not any of these none of these guys are. Chris Paul works super hard. Draymond, Steph, all these guys. Jordan Poole. By the way, one one la- one last point on Clay. Clay's always been around the right things. I don't like the narrative that like Clay's selfish. Come on, man. This he's been the same dude his entire career. He takes shots. That's never changing. I don't think you'll ever find a player who's more confident in his ability to shoot the ball. And he should be confident in his ability to shoot the ball. He's one of the three best shooters of all time. I don't maybe two best shooters. Like literally the only guy I will say is a better shooter than Clay Thompson is Steph Curry. Other than that, I mean, isn't it kind of like pick your poison, Clay versus Ray Allen, Clay versus Reggie Miller? Like it's it's yeah. not a there you can't make a scientific case anyone other than Steph Curry is a better jump shooter than Clay Thompson. So I'm always gonna be okay with that. Other than that, the dude, I mean, you want to talk about like Doberman just chasing around the other team's best player for a decade and never caring about any of the praise. He yeah. he's not one of those guys who cares about that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I, like I don't think you're going to find a guy who's more committed to just winning than him in general. And you know what? If he's washed, he's washed, but it's not going to be because of ego. And that's always the thing that kind of drives me insane. You know, one day his body's not going to just be able to function at the level he wants it to, but it's not going to be because he pulls like, uh, we keep talking about James Harden. He's not, it's, it's not like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, which also I think will bring us back to the, the winning means everything to Clay, which is why I think he will. There's, there's a less than 1% chance. I think he ends up somewhere else after yeah. Uh, let's stop this comments before we get to the next topic from Judith uh, topic from Judith here, because I think a lot of Warriors fans sometimes feel this way too. And it's fair, may- maybe not fair. I don't know, but she, 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 I think says those sh- bad shots were selfish. Um, I-, I tend to disagree because I think you can argue that his mentality is selfish. That's who he is, but that has made Clay Thompson so great his entire career right and when he was making those shots when he was taking the when he took those same shots against okc in game six and saved the warriors brought them back when he made those same shots against houston game six they were down three two against houston and down 15 at home i was at that game clay was taking some crazy ass shots and making them you could argue those are selfish shots he just made them they won a championship that year. They beat OKC, which then t- in turns into Kevin Durant coming to the Warriors, right? Like those two seismic games, I think moments in Clay's career, then you can bring up all the other game six stuff. That's just who Clay has always been. Last year, he just missed those shots, right? He just missed, he takes the same shots. If you want to miss them, if you want to say he's selfish, it's selfish to be out of shape. Sure. I don't think it's selfish to shoot those shots. Uh, I'm willing to hear Clay criticism, and I think it's completely justified. But the dude is one of the best shooters of all time. I'm not going to be mad at him shooting the ball. To me, selfish selfish basketball has more to do with you trying to protect yourself from criticism and wanting things to be about you. If Clay wanted to protect himself from criticism, he would have you know, he wouldn't have taken half the shots he took. 
that's that's the way I look at it. Like now you could say he's he's insane and you know he needs to have his head checked for taking some of the shots he took. Fair. Not gonna disagree with you there. Uh, but I, I just hate calling him selfish. To me, selfish is a guy who isn't giving it for his team and is looking for reasons to I'm probably not explaining it to the best of my ability, but they're they're looking for reasons to look good versus play well. It happens all the time in the NBA. The NBA is probably and look, you know, I watched football. We are all watching football every Sunday. Is that kind of the least selfish sport? Uh, out of all the big three sports in America, that, that would probably be the least I mean, selfish one. The out reason, of all the three. You know? Oh, and and just I just want to call out Judith's comments here. She's correct. Those bad shots killed the teams. Like he played poorly. Yep. Neither Andy or I are going to disagree with you there. Um, I just I fundamentally believe he's about the right thing, which I think is worth calling out. And who knows? It, he might be. It might be done. He might be done as a player, but I, I tend to believe he's got he's got it in him to bring it back. It, it, they've all got a couple runs in them left. I, I think you we definitely agree on that. It, 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 they were still in a second-round team with a mess of the year that they had. They won the championship a year before. None of these guys have crazy injuries coming into the season. like this. They've got a couple runs left. It's just a matter of like how good can they actually be, though, together. Like That's the question, right? So... It, which is to the question that we're trying to answer today: Is Clay going to be good enough to bounce back to All Star form? And you know that that's one of the big questions of the year. Because if if he is, shoot, oh man, they are going to be rolling. To your football point, I feel like that's why um, I feel really optimistic about the Niners this year because they're a very unselfish team. Yeah, selfish teams don't have receivers blocking downfield. Like that's a very Receivers blocking downfield is a tell of an unselfish team. You know, like, just throw me the ball or I'm going to walk. That's selfish team. Debo or Juwan Jennings running to lay someone out when they don't get the ball, that's unselfish. To take it to back to Clay, I, I've seen Clay run off screens for hours on end when he doesn't get the ball. You know, like, that's he's, he, he's always kind of a team guy, even if – Sometimes his shot selection isn't where you want it. Same goes for Draymond. He has his selfish moments. Same goes for Pope. Probably the only guy that I would say is not selfish or maybe should be more selfish is, uh, is Steph Curry. But uh, we know that. We know that. The question of the, no, the quarterback. I don't, think any, I don't think any big questions involve Steph Curry. I think we know what Steph Curry is going to be next season as he is every season. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Game Time. Sam, I was in New York, and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was Game Time, because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Light Years, L Y G H T Y E R S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. 
create an account and redeem code LIGHTYEARS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This week's Light Years podcast is brought to you by NBA 2K Mobile. Sam, we got a new sponsor. This is my favorite one. Look, I'm a big play games guy. And NBA 2K Mobile just came out with a game that you can play right on your phone, dude. This is as convenient as it gets. You remember those Unforgo NBA moments? Get ready to create your own epic plays with NBA 2K Mobile. It is the must-play mobile game for basketball lovers who want to conquer the court online. You can download the NBA 2K Mobile free and start customizing your My Player and Dream Team today. There's always something new to explore. Embrace the summer vibes with intense matches on the beach cruise court. Dive in attorney mode, events, and regular updates for nonstop action. You can also unlock and collect tons of player cards to enhance your team's performance. I just unlocked a Jason Tatum card. I don't know what that means about me. That that was the card that I unlocked, but that's my guy. Future warrior Jason Tatum. <laughs> that is my guy. You can step your game up on the court. You can showcase your skills, climb the leaderboard, become a basketball legend. You can play with the virtual joystick or relax with auto mode. Again, Best of all, it's free to play on mobile. So download the NBA 2K mobile free on the App Store, Google Play. Use my promo code TATUM2KMOBILE to redeem an exclusive Jason Tatum Pearl tier card. That's code T-A-T-U-M-2-K-M-O-B-I-L-E. NBA 2K mobile. We got one more topic. So we got the Dwight news on Friday. We broke it down on the emergency pod. And I was just curious where people landed on the idea of a center versus a uh, like a big wing. Because we all thought they were going to sign Rudy Gay or Juan Toscano Anderson. Kind of kind of like a, a backup Draymond, a backup Kuminga, one of those type of guys, like different skill sets, but same idea. And so I threw the poll out there and I asked, what would you rather have? And the poll was pretty decided. Traditional center, 51% versus big wing, 38%. Uh, and so I ask you, Andy Lou, all things equal. If I tell you the Warriors are going to add one player to this roster and just one, and be clear, they can add two. But let's say it's just one. What do you think is a bigger need? I think that a okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an oh we hedging because I'm an asshole. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm. <laughs> so, so, one, so one, I think their bigger need is a big wing. Like they actually need a big wing to be good for them. The problem with that, like the team functions better if they have a good big wing. Number one, the issue with that is I don't think there's any good big wings out there for them. Unless right. you're training for someone, so it's not possible. So I think not a September veteran minimum guy. Impossible. Imp- that guy should have already been got, or you trade Chris Paul at the trade time and I get that. The the the. So I would answer, and I voted on this. I would answer traditional center because then I would think that you can get a big man that can eat up minutes for Looney and Draymond, which then I think is more possible, and then also very important to this team. And then the last thing is. Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, maybe more so Jonathan Kaminga. You got to figure it out. You got to fit. There is not that many players on this team where you're not going to be able to play 25 minutes a game, every game, 82 games. So that's, that's my, could they use a bigger wing? Yes, because we don't know anything about Kaminga and Moody and these guys, but at the same time, Kaminga, let's figure this out. (laughs) And maybe he already has. 
he was a good last season too. So maybe he's already figured it out. Maybe he just needs to play more. But uh, I think, I think that they probably need a bigger wing more. But I think it's better for them to get a traditional center because there are no wings out there. So. You bring up Kuminga. I think that's the most interesting point because the first reply I got here, and just to be clear, a lot of people think this way, and I just want to pull it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin goes, Kuminga is the bigger wing. And I keep thinking about it, and and you're right. Like At this stage of the season, you're more likely to find uh, a center who can give you 10 minutes a game than you are to find a wing who can give you 10 minutes a game. And just so we're clear, I'm talking about 10 playoff minutes a game. I, I think potentially Dwight, Deadman, they can give you – eight to 10 playoff minutes a game. There's not a wing out there right now. Who's giving you eight to 10 playoff minutes a game. And so it points to your point, which is Kuminga needs to be that extra wing. If not, they got to go shopping at the trade deadline Uh, because you're not going to find a guy who can do the things you want, which is namely be a switchable defender and a versatile defender, but also a guy who can rebound and play some form of a role in offense. They don't need to be a spot up shooter or a ball handler per se, but they need to be able to do something in some capacity, right? Uh, and I think I agree with you. I think I'm with you. Get get yourself if, like if Dwight's in good shape and he looks like the guy he was two years ago, maybe that's the move. And you open up the minutes for Kuminga, and it's kind of like, dude, you have till the All Star break to prove you're willing to be a winning player. Uh, and if not, probably gonna have to move you for that guy who can be that eighth man in the rotation because Come on re- down Brandon Ingram. <laughs> but kidding, I mean, is it, it, isn't that reality? Like we know the starting lineup, you know, Chris Paul is going to be in the playoff rotation. You know, GP two is going to probably be a playoff player. You got uh Dario Saric. It's a playoff player. They need a bigger wing for you to oh. feel like, okay, that's like a solid playoff rotation. And like, sometimes that bigger wing starts and Ludi comes off the bench. Uh, that type of thing. And they're, they're really kind of giving those minutes to Kuminga right now. They just really are. The the chat the chat's really good today. Somebody brings up, Raymond brings up OG as someone for the Warriors. I, I counter with this. What, what can OG Ananobi do that, that Jonathan Kuminga can't? Right? OG Ananobi's a great one-on-one defender, but he's not this this Kawhi Leonard defender. Like, why can't Kuminga do what OG's doing? OG's not this great scorer. He's not this great playmaker. He's not this great... Like, he's a fine shooter. Kaminga can do all those things, right? And, and that is the perfect fit for the Warriors. To your point, why can't Kaminga do that? Now, you know, there are always going to be things about Kaminga where it's like, well, I haven't got my money. I want to be able to shoot the ball more. I want to be able to dribble. But, hey, look, man, it, it is what it is. It, you're on this team that wants to win a championship. It, it, it's going to be tough for you to play the way that you want, it, right? OG knows his role, plays his role. Yeah, so maybe that's the difference. Maybe it's just mindset. Maybe that's the difference. But I don't know if we know that about Kaminga yet. So, so I think, yeah, maybe he has a chance to, to figure well, it, that out this season. And isn't, isn't you know, we've – how many different episodes have we done talking about Chris Paul? Like, I'm just ready to see him play at this point because I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doing the concern troll conversation about whether he'll buy in coming off the bench, you know? Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I really do think Chris Paul will help this team because he's just he knows how to win. Yes, he's he's older. He's not the player he once was, but he knows how to play basketball. 
Kuminga is the wild, the one wild card to me. And he mm-hmm. will continue to be the wild card because he has uh, the skill set that no one else on this bench unit does. And they need it. They need a guy who's an athlete. They need another Wiggins type. They need an OG type. They need one of those bigger wings who you can throw on LeBron for a few minutes, who can provide athleticism, who can do different things. Uh, and and yeah, I, I feel like he's I feel like he's the bigger, I don't want to say question mark, but the bigger wild card than Chris Paul for me. Yeah. Um I, I would disagree just, just off the, off the court <laughs> stuff. But on the court, you're right. On the court, Kaminga's the way bigger, way, way bigger question mark. Uh, like you said, Chris, Chris Paul is Chris Paul. He's on the court. I just – who knows how it's going to go on and off off the court especially, right? But, yeah, Kaminga, like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. He might he might take a leap. I, do we have any – you know, I'm sure our question – we got some more questions coming up. So he, he, will, uh, he will come up in those questions, right? But uh, – how far the Warriors go this season may not be primarily based on how good Kaminga can be, but if Kaminga takes a big leap, this team is uh, like this is if he takes an Austin Reeves leap, right? How good Austin Reeves was, how good he got, man. The Lakers are now now such a real team. They've got a third, fourth guy. Can Kaminga take that type of leap to be the third, fourth, fifth guy? I want to give our guy William Mitchell a shout out here because I think this is the perfect way to think about it. We need Joku to be closer to year three HB to win a chip. If you can tell me he's Harrison Barnes, I'm I'm going to advise you all to put money down in Vegas. I, I won't refund you if they lose, but I, I feel very confident saying it the whole way through. If he can be Harrison Barnes, I feel so good about this team's ability to get back to what they were two years ago and uh, potentially win a title. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, uh, just because I felt like Harry B was always willing to play a role, um, a a good role player. It kind of felt like he knew who he was going to be and what his limitations were. You never felt whenever you got angry at Harry B, it was like, oh, you missed a shot, right? It was it was never like, oh, he tried to do something stupid. He tried to he took a shot out of structure or he did this that he shouldn't have done. It always felt like. Well, he just he just missed a shot. He just missed two shots. Now he's five for thirty-two in the NBA Finals. Like that—that that was enough. kind of what he was. Kind of enough. But he was smart enough <laughs> to know, like, to know that he he was a very good he, defender. He was a t- he was a team guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't need to make it more complicated than that, right? Like, yeah. Boil it down to team, that. Team guy. Clay Thompson, team guy. James Harden, strip club guy. We'll <laughs> leave it on that. All right. Appreciate everyone for listening. We'll be back. Andy's going to take an episode off here. Going out of town, leaving the country. Hopefully comes back. Appreciate it. Surprise guest.